Empress of Blandings Productions is proud to announce the return of Jack Cassidy P.I. and her thrilling adventures in an all-new extra-special installment of Hard Boy. The whole sinister business began with a ringing phone on the darkest night of the year. It was the sort of week when sensible people stayed in their homes with the doors shut up tight. The sort of week full of nights that ain't fit for man or beast. I don't mind saying that I usually dread this time. And up to now, given my druthers, I would have spent it hunched in my office with a bottle of whiskey for company. But this year, things were different. This year, I'd gotten that phone call. And soon afterwards, I found myself sitting on a train, staring out at the dark and shadowy crags of the barren and mountainous landscape around us. While, next to me, my partner sang a song about Holly. Sing we joyous all together, fa la 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 Come on, Jack, all together! In short, it was Christmas time, and Effie and I were taking a Christmas vacation. Healers of the wind and weather, fa la 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 I'll admit, things didn't start off too sinister. In fact, the call we got was from an old friend who rang up just as we were closing up the office one dark evening in December. Pasty and Strombitsky Detective Agency. Effie, darling, how are you? I hope you're managing to keep that office of yours warm in this Appalling weather. Oh, we're keeping things reasonably toasty over here, Miss Dell. What can I do for you? Well, my dear, I was wondering if you'd mind doing me a tremendous favor. Could you get Jack to join you on the line? Here I am, Miss Dell. Got a case for us? Well, no, darlings. Not a case as such. The fact is, I'm in a teensy bit of a bind, you see. Normally, I spend my holiday seasons up in a sweet little place called the Bamp Springs Hotel. You know it? It's one of those big railway hotels, right? Yes. A lovely place to spend one's festive season. I book a suite there every December. But, you see, I've taken up skiing this winter. Have you tried it? Such fun. But so terribly easy to get into scrapes. We went whizzing off a jump last week and landed in a sort of approximately primula-shaped heap with my limbs every which way. And after they gathered what was left of me out of the snowbank and reassembled me, a fearsome doctor fellow told me I'd have to spend the next few weeks in bed with my legs suspended above me in a sort of pulley system. Now, it's delightful to have an excuse to lounge about in bed all day, but it seems I won't be able to make my holiday. And in view of the fact that the Bamp Springs has an absolutely punishingly cruel cancellation policy, too dreadful of them, really. I thought to myself, perhaps I can find some dear friends who might be interested in taking the room on my behalf. And I thought of the two of you. 
us? Why not? I hate to think of the room going to waste, and I'm sure the two of you would have a simply lovely time. You deserve a little rest and relaxation. After all, think of all the hard work you've done this year. Gosh, it's terribly kind of you, Miss Dell, but, but I don't think we can accept... Fiddle-faddle, of course you can accept. It's no skin off my nose. Anyway, my dears, it's the most... Terribly romantic place, you know, especially during the holiday season. Choirs and mistletoe everywhere. Miss Dell. I just think if I had recently entered into a new business arrangement, and by the way, darlings, what a lovely ring Cassidy and Strimpinski Detective Agency has. I noticed it the moment you answered the phone. It's just the sort of place I might like to go to celebrate. I suppose... It's natural to want to celebrate a new business arrangement. I dare say all kinds of private detectives go on luxurious vacations when they take on a new partner. Like a kind of... Well... Would you call it a honeymoon? I like a kind of honeymoon. We'll call this vacation you're going to take a honeymoon, for lack of a better term, shall we? Oh, uh, I... I have the train tickets all purchased, so I'll send someone round to the office tomorrow with them, shall I? And when you arrive, you just mention my name at the front desk and they'll sort everything for you. Oh, I'm so glad you've agreed to do this for me. You can't think of how grateful I am. Toodaloo! I've never really been much of one for Christmas, or vacations for that matter. But thanks to Primula Dell, on December 23rd, Effie and I found ourselves on our way to spend the holidays at Alberta's most luxurious hotel. I can't believe we've been on this train for hours, and I still haven't convinced you to sing even one Christmas carol with me. You can't? Well, I can believe that you're being stubborn, but I can't believe that you really don't know the words to so many of them. Jack, are you at least going to try to have a good time on this trip? Yes, yes. I will have a good time. Primula Dell wants us to have a good time. And I'm sure it's a lovely hotel. And you're with me, of course. You know, some people might have started with that last one. Look, I happen to be fortunate enough to work alongside the... the woman I love. Every day. Being in a fancy hotel doesn't change that. I know, I know. But remember what Miss Dell said about how romantic everything will be? Yes. Expensive, artificially crafted romance to make rich tourists ignore all their marital problems for the weekend. Effie, I don't need any of that. I mean, choirs or candlelight or mistletoe or, or ice skating can't make you any more perfect than you already are. Oh, Jack! Well, that was very sweet. I am still going to make you go ice skating, though. Damn it. Look! You can see the hotel from here. Oh, doesn't it look pretty, all lit up like that against the snow? We have to carry our bags all the way up the road? No, I'm sure they send porters, probably with cars or... Or a sleigh? Or a sleigh! Oh, come on, Jack, you have to admit that's cute, with the little bells and the horses and... <gasps> what? Look, just look at who's driving the sleigh. Santa Claus. Yes, adorable. Ho, ho, ho! Place your bags in the back and climb aboard! Right this way, ladies and gents! 
No, Jack, look at him. I see him. I don't like to disappoint you, Effie, but I have a sneaking suspicion that he might not be the real Santa Claus. You see, sometimes people like to hire men to dress up in fake beards and pretend- Jack! Look at the face under the fake beard. Don't you think there's just a touch of the equine about it? A touch of the e- Well, I'll be damned. Ho, ho, ho! Step this way, ladies. Miss Cassidy? Miss Rambitsky? Horseface Harry! My God, one can't go anywhere in this province without tripping over you. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? Well, I work here. At the hotel? Sure. Me and Sid said we was going to go straight after that last job went all screwy, remember? Well, we're doing it. And we're really going to stick to it this time. Uh, come on, hop in. You can sit right up here by me. And you decided to go straight in Banff? I always thought Banff would be a swell place to retire after pulling off one last big job. Well, it turns out it's also a swell place to make an honest living after failing to pull off one last big job. Get up! So where's Sid? Is he working here too? Yeah, he's up at the hotel now. He normally does this job on account of him being a little more Santa Claus shaped. But he ain't feeling too good this evening, so I offered to step in. Uh, winter flu? Nah. He, well, he had kind of an upsetting afternoon, actually. So I says to him, Sid, I says, you just take a bit of a lie down, and I'll put on the beard for you tonight, Sid. It'll be no trouble. And now look, not only was it no trouble, but I got the pleasure of meeting you ladies at the station. Upsetting? Yeah, what kind of upset? Is he all right? Oh, he's, uh, well, strictly speaking, I shouldn't really be telling you this, but you two are pals. The fact is, Sid found a stiff in a bathtub today. What? A stiff? In a bathtub? In a bathtub. It was blood all over, see? And... The stiff? Or the tub? Both. See, the stiff was lying in a tub with a wrist saw slashed up. And the tub was all full of water, so the water was all full of blood. Well, you know how Sid is about blood. Of course. Anyway, you won't mention this to anyone, will you? The manager's real keen to hush it all up. The stiff was a bit of a big name in Hollywood, apparently. Lots of big names in Hollywood come to Banff Springs during the holidays. And he don't want folks to think that those big names show up here to top themselves. Who was she? Name of Lillian Fair. An actress? Effie, you heard of her? I think so. She did some film serials back in the teens. Right, Harry? But I haven't seen her in anything since talkies. Yeah, got to see it a bit, I guess. Maybe that's why she done it. It was definitely a suicide then. Jack? Sure. Poor Dane climbed in the tub and sliced her arms all open. Just like the Roman fella who wrote the book about pumpkins. Seems to me she could have taken a moment to think that maybe the guy who was going to come in and clean the bathrooms might find it upsetting to see all that blood. But I guess she had a lot on her mind. Anyhow, she left a note. Did Sid see it? A note? Nah. But apparently her nephew found it right there on a typewriter on her desk when he took a look in her room. On the typewriter? Jack. That's what I heard. Why would you type a suicide note? Beats me. I ain't never written one before. Does it matter? So she had a nephew. Yeah, snooty fella. Last I saw him, he was raising some kind of stink about something being missing from a room. Some jewelry or pearls or something. And he was real hot under the collar about it. He was talking to all us hotel staff like we was criminals. So she was rich too, I bet. Jack! What? 
you stop doing what you're doing right now. And what am I doing? Yeah, what's she doing? She's looking for a murder mystery to solve while we're trying to have a Christmas vacation. I am not. We are supposed to be here to relax and enjoy ourselves in case you'd forgotten. And we've been here all of five minutes and here you are, sniffing around for a case. I'm not sniffing for anything. I know we're here to relax and enjoy ourselves, but, well... If somebody happens to get murdered while we're on vacation, I don't see how that's my fault. Murdered? But I just said... I know what you said, but come on. Doesn't something about all this seem a bit fishy to you, F? Anything fishy sounds like it'll be the police's problem to deal with just as soon as they get the coroner's report. Sure, when they get the coroner's report. But how long will that take? Oh, a long time, probably. The manager's already all head up because it'll take the meat wagon a couple of days yet even to come and collect her. On account of the snow and the holiday season and also this being, you know, bam. We don't usually get a lot of stiffs around here. And in the meantime, we'll all be stuck in a hotel with a murderer. Oh, jeepers! Don't encourage her. I ain't encouraging her. She's just giving me the heebie-jeebies a little. Well, stop giving Harry the heebie-jeebies. There's no murderer lurking at the Bamp Springs. Unless there is. Ain't that just typical? Sid and I decide to go straight and bang! The first place we go is full of murderers who want to dust us! Harry, nobody wants to dust you. I don't want to be dusted at Christmas! That's the worst possible time to be dusted! Harry, there is no murderer at the Bamp Springs. And if there is, which there isn't, we won't let him hurt you, okay? Well... Okay. Whoa! Whoa there, horsies! Whoa! Now, we're going to check in, and then we're going to go up to our room, and then we're maybe going to have a nice mulled cider. Do they serve nice mulled cider here, Harry? Oh, you betcha, Miss Strambitsky. Hot cocoa, too! Oh, or a nice hot cocoa. And then we're going to go to bed and not think any more about any murders. Okay? Effie? Okay? All right. All right. I can't promise I won't stop thinking about it, but I'll stop saying things that give Harry the heebie-jeebies. Good. Although I don't see what's wrong with putting him on his guard in case. Thanks so much for your help, Harry. We're going to go check in now. Come on, Jack. Yes? Hi, my name's Effie Strambitsky, and we have a room here, I'm so- I'm terribly sorry, ma'am, but I'm afraid all of our rooms are booked. Oh, I, I understand. Nothing so, I can do for you, I'm afraid. It's a very busy time of year. May I suggest you try Deer Lodge? We already have a room booked. At this hotel? Yes. I see. Well, let me look. What did you say your names were? Jack Cassidy and Effie Strombitsky. But the room is under- No, I'm sorry. I have nothing here for any Cassidy and certainly nothing for any Strambitsky. May I suggest, most kindly, that you try the Dear Law? Primula Dell. The room is booked under Primula Dell, and we are friends of Primula Dell. Primula Dell? Primula Dell. Oh, yes! Dear Miss Dell, yes, she called to tell us about the change of plans. Well, how delightful to be able to welcome friends of Dear Miss Dell to the Bamp Springs. Miss uh, Strambitsky and Miss Cassidy, what a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Here is the key to your room. I trust everything will be to your liking, but if you have any problems or requests, we will be only too happy to assist you in any way we can. Swell. 
Oh, ah, one small thing. We weren't aware that there were two of you, and regrettably, Miss Dell's room only has one bed. Ordinarily, it would be a simple matter to find a room better able to accommodate you, but with a hotel this busy... Oh, that's all right, Mr... Steele. Reynolds Steele, hotel manager at your service. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Steele. I think we can make do. Do you think we can make do, F? Yeah, we'll manage with one bed somehow. Fine. Do let me know if I can be of any assistance in any other way. Good evening. What a nice man. What's a hotel manager doing working as a concierge? Well, it's not just cheap-looking riffraff like us he checks in. Probably it's good for business for the top brass to be there to meet all the celebrities and debs and diplomats and things. Yeah. Or he could be covering the front desk while the more menial staff deal with, you know, things. Let the record show, ladies and gentlemen, that I was not the one who returned to the subject of murder. Jack! Well, you brought it up. I think actually saying murder out loud in a crowded hotel lobby falls into the same category as saying fire in a crowded theater. Especially at Christmas. Look around, F. Everyone's far too wrapped up in holiday cheer to think about any dames who might have cut themselves open. Or been cut open. Nobody heard me. Excuse me? Uh, Miss Cassidy? Sid. Hiya, Sid. Feeling any better? Uh, sure. Least the ways I was until a minute ago. Did I hear you say something about murder, Miss Cassidy? Me? No, sir. I certainly wouldn't bring up the subject of murder on a Christmas vacation when I'm supposed to be concentrating on relaxing and enjoying myself. Jack has got it into her head that the unfortunate woman you found this afternoon was murdered. Murdered? But she's wrong, so would you please tell her? If it was a murder, that means I'm a witness. And the killer might want to rub me out, too. Oh, jeepers. Get a hold of yourself. I don't want to be dusted at Christmas. That's the worst possible time to be dusted. Sid, listen. What do you remember about what the body looked like? I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look at anything real close. There was a lot of... Blood. Yes, we know. Do you want to take a look yourself? Take a look? At the corpse? If you want, Harry could sneak you in to take a gander. Effie, what do you think? You're asking me? Don't you want to go bolting straight off to handle a stiff? Of course I do. Uh, but we're partners. If you don't want to go bolting off to handle a stiff, we don't have to go bolting off to handle a stiff. Well... I mean, it might help settle things one way or another. If we could look at the body and confirm it was just a suicide, then we could go back to our vacation without having to think about it anymore. That's true. And on the other hand, if it does look like a murder, I say if, well, it'll be ages until anybody else is able to figure it out or do anything about it. And in the meantime, the killer will be wandering around, free to do anything he wants. If it is murder, I mean, which it, it probably isn't. All right, all right. All right? You win. Let's go look at a stiff. Yes! Lead on, Sid! Merry Christmas! The thrilling adventures of Jack Cassidy will return in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. Do you think you could solve a mystery quicker than Jack Cassidy? 
Would you like to try your hand at some real, live, thrilling adventures? This episode of Hard Boiled is brought to you in part by Cryptic Characters, theatrical escape experiences. Located over on Calgary Trail near White Avenue, Cryptic Characters offers immersive escape rooms featuring live professional actors and Hollywood-quality set design. Maybe you'd enjoy stopping a zombie apocalypse, or escaping from a medieval dungeon, or maybe you just need a last-minute gift for the adventurer in your life. Either way, you can visit crypticcharacters.ca and use the offer code HARDBOILED to get 20% off an escape experience or gift certificate. This offer is valid until the end of February 2023, so don't dilly-dally. Or perhaps you prefer to become the hero of a different sort of story, one that will take you on an exciting tour of the streets of Edmonton. Good news, folks. There's an app for that. With the Story City app, you can turn your weekend into an adventure with just a few taps of your device. Story City features puzzle trails and choose-your-adventures created by local writers, actors, and game designers. Whether you'd like to join a heist, help ghosts find peace, solve a murder, or are looking for a fun new way to get your steps in, head on over to about.storycity.app today. And if you can't find any stories in your hometown, why not become a creator at storycity.app and make and sell your own adventures in your city. We now return you to the episode in progress. Busman's Yuletide. Well? Well, what? Well, when we finished looking at the body, you didn't say, I told you so. And all last night, you didn't say, I told you so. And when we woke up this morning, you didn't say, I told you so. And all through this nice breakfast rating, you haven't said, I told you so. And frankly, I'm starting to worry about you. Effie, I'm surprised that you'd think I'd ever say such a thing. Uh Uh-huh. And in any case, a woman is dead. I hardly think now is the time for petty gloating. Uh Uh-huh. And I respect you and your opinion far too much to ever lord it over you when I'm right and you're wrong. We're partners, equal partners, and it was just as likely that either of us could have been mistaken. Uh Uh-huh. Of course, it so happens that in this case I was right, and you were wrong, and I did tell you. There it is. And now that there isn't any room for doubt, I do think that we're morally obligated to do something about it. I guess there isn't any room for doubt, is there? Come on, F. You saw what I saw. Yes, yes. Basler skull fracture, probably caused by a blow from a blunt instrument. Kind of a strange way to off yourself, don't you think? Clobber yourself on the back of your head? At least hard enough to knock yourself out, and then climb into a tub and slit your wrists? Okay, okay. There's a... There's a murderer loose at the Banff Springs. Are you happy? Well, that's maybe not an ideal adjective, under the circumstances. But I do think we have a duty to postpone any and all Christmas activities until we can bring the killer to justice. Hmm. What? Do you think anybody else knows that it was murder, I mean? At least one other person definitely knows. But whoever the staff were in charge of moving the body, could anybody have noticed the head injury? Uh, You probably wouldn't find it if you weren't looking for it. Dame had a lot of hair, arranged real fancy too, and she would have been more or less covered head to foot in blood anyway. And since they were all so sure it was a suicide, it sounds like nobody thought to get a doctor or a cop to give the body a once-over yet. 
And if it was murder, that means somebody had a motive. And if she was a big, important actress lady, that means other people at this hotel might know what the motive was. What are you getting at? I'm saying that the best way to solve this mystery is to talk to as many people as possible. Okay. And I'm further saying that the best way to do that is to participate in as many festive activities as possible. <laughs> Effie. Well, we don't necessarily want everyone to know that we're a couple of detectives sniffing around, right? Especially if that manager is trying to keep everything hushed up. We want to blend in, find natural ways to strike up conversations with folks, then lead the conversation gradually round to the subject of, you know, the gruesome untimely death of one of our fellow guests. Aw, but F. And this way we get to kill two birds with one stone, do some detecting, and have some holiday fun at the same time. And how do you propose to casually introduce the subject of gruesome murder into pleasant conversations about mistletoe and holly? Smoothly and discreetly. Watch, we'll practice on that nice couple at the next table. <clears throat> oh, uh, say. Yes? Do you folks happen to know where the ice sculpture garden is? The ice sculpture garden? Yeah, we were hearing about it last night. We wanted to go take a peek at it. But this place is so huge, we keep getting turned around. Don't we, Jack? Uh... Yeah, that's right. The ice sculpture garden. It's in the same place it was last year, isn't it, Selena? I believe so. Just outside the west doors and on your left. Gee, thanks. Boy, it can feel like a real labyrinth in here, huh? Yes, I suppose it could be a little confusing if you've never been here before. Are you folks regular guests, then? Oh, yes. Well, I've been coming here for years. But last year was my wife's first visit, wasn't it, dear? That's right. My husband took me here last Christmas for our honeymoon. Are you ladies locals? We're from Edmonton. Yeah, so are we. Well, so am I, originally, anyhow. I consider myself an honorary Edmontonian now. After all, it's where we were married. Married in Edmonton, eh? Over at Sacred Heart. Not exactly Notre Dame or the Duomo, but cozy. Herbert's so terribly dismissive of his hometown. Well, I dashed off to California as soon as I was older. Thought I'd never want to come back to this province. But now that I'm older... Well, it's nice to visit sometimes, I guess. Edmonton ain't much, but it still feels like home. Darling, I simply will not let you insult your own city in front of these nice Edmontonians. I love it in this province. Hollywood's so artificial, so cruel. Everyone at each other's throats. You can't imagine anyone here being anything but kind. Hollywood, huh? You folks work in movies? Selena here is what the local magazines call a rising star. Oh, stop. And I'm a producer. He's too modest. He is THE producer. The one with the line of clamoring hopefuls a mile long outside his office every morning. Seems like this hotel is a popular spot for Hollywood types to take their holidays, don't it, eh? We seem to keep running into people in your line of work. Yes, I do tend to meet a number of my colleagues at hotels like this. Yeah, lots of them. Like, uh, uh what was her name, Jack? That nice dame we, um, met a few days ago? Oh, yes, yes, uh, there. Lillian Fair, that was her name. Lillian Fair. Do you know her? The name sounds familiar. Yes, I... I know her. Slightly. Th that is, I used to. Oh, of course. Terrible what happened, isn't it? Happened? Darling, if we're going to ski this morning, we better get going. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, the skis. Look, why... Uh, why don't you go up to the room and find us? They're buried in the luggage somewhere. I'll be along in a moment. All right. I... May I ask... What do you mean, terrible what happened? Didn't you hear? Hear what? Lillian Fair is... well... dead. Dead? Are... are you sure?
Apparently, one of the staff found her body yesterday. But how? Was she... I mean, how did it happen? We don't know all the details. Yeah, we certainly haven't been investigating the situation or anything. That would be in the very worst of taste. We just, you know, happened to hear about it and we wondered if you knew her. Right. Yes, I did. But that was many years ago. Really? I'm sorry. I, I really must be gone. My wife will be expecting me and the skiing. We, we plan to go skiing this morning, you see. Look, I, I really must be going. Thank you for telling me. Goodbye. Stop looking at your feet so much. Effie? You're thinking too hard. Just relax and glide. Like this, see? Easy. Oh, when we're done, I'm gonna be just one big bruise. Who's the palooka who first said, Hey, why not strap knives to our feet and run around on a frozen lake on them? Probably someone in Finland. Come on, I'll skate backwards and you can hold my hands. Swell. Now when I fall and go straight through the ice to my doom, I'll take you with me. Come on, we only came out here because Cynthia the late Lillian Fair's nephew was out here skating. But, if you want to give up on the investigation, maybe go inside and roast some chestnuts. No, no, I, I still want to talk to him. Uh, we're getting close to where he is now. Hey, Sid! Hiya, Miss Cassidy. Is that him? That's the fella. Who's the gal in the furry skating with? Dunno. Some beb who's staying here too, I guess. He likes the dames, that guy. I guess he thinks of himself as a real smooth operator, but I think he's just a crumb. Yeah? Yeah. He was real rude to me when he was looking for Miss Fair's earrings what went missing. You know what he said? He said I looked like the kind of guy who knew how to pick a lock. You ever hear such a thing? You do know how to pick a lock. Safe cracking was really more my line when it was my line. Although I did practice my lock picking, actually, after it took me so long to get through that door in the steam tunnels, remember? And why would you still need to keep in practice at lock picking if you've gone straight, Sid? You never know when that sort of thing might come in handy. I mean, what if the hotel caught on fire and I didn't have all the keys and the, a kitten got trapped in one of the rooms, huh? Or something. Anyway, I was deeply offended by the implication that I look like somebody who knows how to pick locks. I look like a respectable hotel employee. Except when I put on my phony whiskers. And then I look like Santa Claus. Sid... Want me to get rid of the dame for you? I can go tell her that she's got an important phone call up at the hotel or something. Thanks, Sid. Do you want to take this one? What? Well, Sid thinks this guy's a bit of a skirt chaser. The conversation might go smoother if he sees a skirt he can chase. And how did you spend your honeymoon, Miss Strambitsky? Was it terribly romantic? Yes, very, Miss Dell. First we handled a stiff, and then Jack told me to go flirt with a strange man with a potential motive for murder. Okay, the dame's headed back inside the hotel. Coast is Kalia. Anything else I can do for you? Yes. Do you know where the hotel manager, Steele, is? I wouldn't mind having another word with him. I think I saw him in the lobby, hanging up mistletoe. All right, I'll find him. Effie, 
Go work your feminine wiles, would ya? Okay. Uh, can you get off the ice by yourself? I'll manage somehow. Okay. Here goes nothing. Oops! Well there! Are you alright, miss? Gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so clumsy. Whoa! <laughs> Easy now. I've got you. Thanks. I'm so embarrassed. I haven't quite got the hang of these things, I guess. Here, put your arm through mine. Now, left, right, left, right, see? Gee, I'm doing it. That's not so hard now, is it? You just need a gentleman's arm to hold on to. Uh, I guess that's what I've been missing. Holly, I'm sorry for crashing into you like that. No need to apologize. Not every day that a beautiful young woman comes crashing into my arms. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Darby, by the way. Edwin Darby. Pleased to meet you. I'm Effie Strembitsky. So, Miss Strembitsky, are you here at the Banff Springs all by yourself? No, I came with a friend. A girlfriend, I hope? Uh, yes, I'm here with my girlfriend. Well, perhaps I'll be able to become another friend of yours while you're here. I trust you won't mind my mentioning it, but it isn't always safe for a single young woman to travel without the protection of a man. <laughs> Why, nothing terrible could happen to us at a luxurious hotel like this, Mr. Darby. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But even in a place like the Banff Springs, not everyone can be trusted. <gasps> Why? Whatever do you mean? Well, let me give you an example. I saw you speaking earlier with one of the bellhops. I can't be certain, of course, but I'm fairly sure that bellhop is a crook. A crook? What makes you say that? A few days ago, a piece of jewelry went missing from my aunt's hotel room. A set of pearl drop earrings. They were antiques. Priceless. Well, that bellhop was sniffing around my aunt's room right around the time the earrings disappeared, looking terribly shifty. He denied everything, naturally. And, of course, we've been having the whole hotel searched. But they never turned up. Gee, was your aunt upset? Well, uh, not upset, exactly. No, I wouldn't say she was exactly upset. Why not? Well, the fact is, Miss Strembitsky, the fact is that my aunt, unfortunately, uh, died just before the earrings disappeared. That's why it would have been so easy for anyone to come in and take them. Oh, no. Oh, oh, Mr. Darby, I'm so terribly sorry. Here I am, crashing into you and chattering about skating when you're mourning the death of your poor aunt. Oh, no, no. Please don't distress yourself. My aunt and I... We were never really very close. I'm her only real relation, and so she paid for me to travel around with her, carry her bags and all that sort of thing, you know. But frankly, can I speak frankly with you, Mr. Ambitsky? Of course. Then, frankly, my aunt was a fractious, cantankerous shrew. <laughs> oh, what a relief to say it out loud. I just want you to understand why you don't have to feel sorry for me a bit. I hope you don't think anything less of me for speaking ill of the dead. Oh, of course not. If you didn't like her, it would be hypocritical to pretend you did now that she's dead. So, w was she paying for you to stay with her at the Banff Springs? Must have been pretty rich, I guess. Yes, I suppose so in a, a sort of way. Do you mind my asking how she died? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do mind. I, I'm sorry, Miss Srebitsky. It's just there are so many things I'd rather talk about than my horrible aunt. You could tell me more about yourself, for instance. That seems like a much pleasanter subject. In any case, I'm sure you don't really want to hear the details of her demise. After all, what reason could a beautiful young woman like you have to think about death?
Are you running behind on your Christmas shopping? Empress of Blandings has the local independent store for you. Located at 105th Avenue and 124th Street, Parcel and Prose offers a beautifully curated selection of cards, journals, notebooks, quality pens, stationery, and quirky gifts made locally and beyond. It's your one-stop shop for gifts, cards, and wrapping paper this holiday season. And if you love fancy stationery all year round, and who doesn't, there's never a bad time to pay them a visit. To learn more, you can visit their website at parcelandprose.com or follow them on Facebook and Instagram at parcelandprose. If you're enjoying this tale of holly and homicide, why not leave a rating and maybe a friendly review on the platform where you're enjoying this program? Unless, of course, you aren't enjoying this program, in which case, keep your feelings to yourself. We now return you to the episode in progress, Busman's Yuletide. So anyway, what I'm saying is, where did those three ships come from? I mean, they sail into Bethlehem, right? Well, I looked up where Bethlehem is in a map one time, and it's miles away from the nearest body of water. So how'd they manage it? Mm-hmm. And, and, and another one that always confuses me is in the bleak midwinter. How cold do you suppose it gets in Bethlehem in the midwinter? I bet it ain't that bleak. I bet they don't get snow on snow on snow on snow over there, even in December. Uh-huh. Jack... You've got murder face on. Hmm? I'm trying to talk to you about Christmas carols and you're not listening. You've got that expression you get when you're thinking real hard about murder. Very astute, F. I am thinking real hard about murder. Jack, it's Christmas Eve. I'm stuffed to bursting with the dinner we just ate. Can't we just go up to our room, drink some eggnog, or maybe tell some ghost stories and go to bed early? Once again, Effie, I remind you... That while there's a murderer on the loose... Oh, shh! Oh, uh, hello, Mrs. Aldridge. Mr. Aldridge, we didn't see you there. Good evening. Good evening. Going up to your room for the night? Yes, we were just saying, after the dinner we just ate, we ain't fit for anything but bed. You folks turning in as well? Oh, we're just taking a quick nap before we leave for midnight mass. Selena insists, you know, but at my age I can't stay up past midnight unless I catch my 40 winks now. <laughs> oh, Herbert, you're not so old as all that. Maybe not, but I am as sleepy as all that. Well, this is our floor. Good night, Miss Cassidy. Miss Strembitsky. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Oof. Either I should have eaten less dinner or we should have taken the elevator. Hey, Effie. Yeah? See that mistletoe up there? <laughs> Why, yes, Jack. As a matter of fact, I do. Hanging in a pretty out-of-the-way place, too. Above the landing of this stairway. You're right. We have it all to ourselves. Small chance of anyone coming along and finding anything here, isn't it? I'd say so. Then I suppose. We're thinking the same thing. <laughs> I suppose we are. Reynolds Steele killed a Lillian Fair. Wait, what? It all fits. Jack! Come on. I saw him hanging around the lobby earlier. Let's go confront him. But, Jack... Ugh. Mr. Steele! Hey, Mr. Steele! Ah, Miss Cassidy, Miss Trembitsky. I trust you're both enjoying your stay here? Sure, we're having a swell time. In fact... We just wanted to say how impressed we both are with the hard work we've seen you doing. Not all hotel managers are so invested in the day-to-day -day running of their businesses. How kind of you to say, I do my very best to give satisfaction. Earlier today, for instance, when I saw you hanging up that mistletoe, 
I said to myself, gosh, most people would leave the job of standing on a ladder and hammering in some nails to more menial employees, but not Mr. Steele. He must really care about his guests. Yes. Well, as I say, I do my best. Either that, I said to myself, or he must really, really care about mistletoe. Quite. Well, if there's nothing further I can do for the two of you, I'm afraid I really must go back and, to the front desk. you know, up on the third floor landing of the back south stairway, my partner here and I really got to thinking. You know what a cluster of mistletoe berries looks like, especially when it's hung up high out of reach near the ceiling. It looks almost like a cluster of pearls, don't it? <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a fanciful notion. Now, if you'll excuse me. In fact, if, for example, somebody had recently stolen a pair of pearl earrings, it would be the perfect place to store them, wouldn't it? Hidden in plain sight. Miss Cassidy, I'm not quite sure what you're trying to say. No? Then let me spell it out for you. Lillian Fair's priceless earrings were stolen off of her corpse yesterday. You're the one who took them. You knew the hotel would be searched afterwards. So you hid them where nobody would think of looking. You put yourself in charge of putting up the mistletoe. And once the holiday season was over, it would have been easy for you to put yourself in charge of taking it down and then make off with the pearls. Am I right? Absurd. Well, you can't deny that you were the one putting up the mistletoe. Why don't we all go and take a look at the third floor landing of the back south stairway and see what we find? All right, all right, but please, please, I'll return the earrings. I'll, I'll slip them into the room and pretend they simply rolled under the bed. I'll, I'll ensure that none of my staff are prosecuted. I'll give both of you reduced room rates for the rest of your lives, only please don't tell anyone about this. The negative publicity would bring the Bamp Springs Hotel to its knees. Oh, come now, Mr. Steele. Do you really think we'll let an admitted murderer walk free in exchange for reduced room rates? Uh, no, I... What? What? Murderer? You think I killed that poor woman? She committed suicide. That's what you wanted people to think, but she was definitely murdered. How do you know? We know. We're detectives. Somebody clubbed her on the back of the head, then set her up to make it look like she killed herself. Impossible. Who could have done such a thing? Uh, you. Uh, never. Never. Look, I admit I took the earrings. That nephew of hers terribly rude young man, had been inquiring earlier about a hotel safe for some supposedly priceless earrings his aunt had with him. I arrived in her room shortly after the body was found, and they were simply lying there on the dressing table, easy for anyone to pocket. The bellhop who'd found the body was being violently sick in the hallway, and I admit the temptation was too much for me, but, but murder? Certainly not. Why should we believe you? Because I'm telling you the truth. What would I have to gain by killing such an old and valued client? Why, Mrs. Aldridge has been coming to this hotel for many, many years, and I had every reason to anticipate she would have continued to come for many years more. Mrs. Aldridge? We're not talking about Mrs. Aldridge. We're talking about Lillian Fair. Oh, 
I beg your pardon. A slip of the tongue. I first met her when she was Mrs. Aldridge. She and her first husband came here for their honeymoon in 1919, I believe. You mean she used to be married to Herbert Aldridge? The Hollywood producer? Certainly. How long were they married? Not long. A few years at most. She continued acting under the name Lillian Fair, of course, but when she first checked into her hotel, she did so under the name Mrs. Aldridge. I suppose that's why it's stuck in my head. Why? Do you think Mr. Aldridge might have killed her? I don't know. Do you have any reason to think Mr. Aldridge might have killed her? Until a moment ago, I didn't think anyone had a reason to kill her. And this means, good lord, that there's a killer staying at my nice hotel. That's how it looks. At Christmas, too. The worst possible time to be murdered. My god, suppose he strikes again. Think of the headlines. Multiple murders at the Bamp Springs Hotel. Not too encouraging for holiday makers. Well, pleasure chatting with you, Mr. Steele. You'll let us know if you see anything else suspicious, won't you? I, yes, yes, certainly. <clears throat> so, will you be mentioning that business with the pearls to the police, or... Uh, Good night, Mr. Steele. Because I've been meaning to mention to you that nothing is too good for the friends of Primula Dell. Perhaps you'd be interested in a room upgrade, or, or a complimentary meals for the rest of your stay. Uh, Miss Cassidy? Miss Stravinsky? Damn. I hate being wrong. Still, it wasn't a complete waste of a confrontation. We solved the mystery of the earrings, anyway. And cleared Sid's name. Now let's think. What kind of motives might this previous marriage to Mr. Aldridge open up? And what about the nephew? You said he presumably stands to inherit, right? Is there something else we're missing? I think there's something else you're missing. Oh, good. You've noticed something I haven't. Yes, I have. What's that? You haven't noticed that we're about to have a fight. We are? Call yourself a detective. I've been simmering quietly ever since that business under the mistletoe, waiting for you to say, is anything wrong, darling? But you haven't, and so now we have to have a fight. Oh. Well, can it wait until tomorrow? Tomorrow is Christmas. People can fight as well on Christmas as any other day. Probably better. And that's just what I wanted to fight about. Jack, we came down here for a holiday, remember? To enjoy ourselves. To celebrate the festive season. And you've done nothing but gripe and groan since we got on that train. I've done nothing but gripe and groan. What about you? Me? Yes, you. I thought you liked solving murders. Why have you been dragging your feet about solving this one? I do like solving murders. You know I do. But darn it, Jack, we're on our honeymoon. Turn down service. Not now, thank you. So we're on our honeymoon. So what? So what? So why have you been so keen to spend it? Well, doing our regular jobs. Why can't we just have a normal honeymoon? Angel, there's nothing normal about this honeymoon in case you hadn't noticed. I know that, but we could have tried to have something like a normal honeymoon. Why? Why? Why would we want to try to be like Mr. and Mrs. Aldridge or, or all the other newlyweds giving each other melting looks over their cocoa every morning? We're not like them. 
What's the point in pretending we are? I'm not saying that we- Are you regretting that you're not here with a nice husband on a real honeymoon? That's not fair. That's not what this is about, and you know it. Well then, what is this about? It's about... It, it, it's about... Well, gee, Jack, why do you hate Christmas anyhow? Well, for that matter, why do you love it so much? I never see you hustling into church any other day of the year. Why'd you blow your wig over some guy's birthday every December? Turn down service. Come back later, please. It's not just about some guy's birthday. It's about celebrating another year and being generous and spending time with the people you love and eating really delicious food. It's like what what it's like what the fellow in the book says about Christmas being a kind and forgiving and charitable and pleasant time or something. Well, why shouldn't we be kind and forgiving and charitable and pleasant every other day? For that matter, why shouldn't we spend time with the people we love all year round? I do. Yeah, but it gets real dark and cold and lonely at Christmas, doesn't it? I guess all kinds of people do something around this time. Some kind of special something with lots of light and friends and food. To make the dark seem a little less dark and the cold seem a little less cold. We call it Christmas. But it ain't just about warmth and love and light, is it, Effie? It's about... It's about... Well, expectations. The problem with Christmas is expectations. Everyone expects something out of Christmas. Everybody wants it to be a certain way. And everybody expects you to be a certain way. I don't expect you to be a certain way, Jack. Yes, just... you do, F. You expect me to be bursting with holiday cheer. Well, I don't burst with holiday cheer. And I'm not in the business of pretending to feel anything I don't. I know. I'm sorry. But come on, Jack. Don't you have any happy memories of creeping down in your pajamas to see what Santa left under the tree? No, I don't, Effie. My memories are of being stuffed into frilly dresses I hated and opening dolls I didn't want and being told to sit perfectly still and silent because little girls should be seen and not heard. And if I didn't... Turn down service. For Pete's sake, we don't want... Mrs. Aldrich? Good evening. Mind if I come in for a moment? Well, actually, we were kind of in the middle of a... But it can wait. Say, is that a colt? I didn't know they made them with mother-of-pearl handles now. Nice, isn't it? They're very easy to purchase south of the border. I'll lock the door behind me if you don't mind. I'd prefer if we weren't interrupted during this little tete-a-tete. Keep your hands where I can see them. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, sure thing. Uh -huh. You know, the funny thing is, the two of you could have avoided all of this. I didn't give a second thought until your little slip-up after dinner tonight. That was when I realized that you knew. And that you would need to be disposed of. Oh, actually, we didn't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we knew it was a murder, but we hadn't worked out yet that it was you. A little embarrassing in hindsight. We're usually quicker on the uptake. Oh. Well, in any case, it makes no difference. If I hadn't already made up my mind, what I overheard of your conversation just now would have convinced me that I was doing the right thing. You're gonna kill us because Jack hates Christmas? Don't jump to conclusions, F. Maybe she's gonna kill us because you like Christmas. I'm talking about sin, Miss Cassidy. 
I'm talking about the vile and disgusting practices you and your friend seemingly indulge in, with no sense of shame or remorse. I am talking about the fact that it is obvious to the meanest intelligence, just from looking at you, that the two of you commit acts together which are a crime against God and nature. <gasps> That's the motive! What? You're a Catholic! It wasn't about getting an inheritance or stealing a set of earrings. Remember, Jack? She said she married her husband at Sacred Heart. It must have been a Catholic ceremony. But Mr. Aldridge is divorced. You didn't know he'd already had a wife when you met him, did you? She was a shameless hussy who lured him into her filthy clutches when he was young and foolish. He tried to conceal it from me. But when we met her here, it all came out. And so you... But wait. Hang on. Are you seriously telling me you bludgeoned a woman to death so that your marriage to Mr. Aldridge would be... Sanctioned by the Catholic Church? It was the only possible way. The only what? Look, it's been a long time since my Sunday school days, but I'm pretty sure if I opened the drawer of that bedside table over there, I can find a book with a rule in it about not killing folks. It was the only way for our marriage to be holy in the eyes of the Lord. No offense meant, ma'am, but in a career full of dippy motives for murder, that just might be the dippiest I've ever heard. Well, fortunately for you, Miss Cassidy, it is also the last one you'll ever hear. You're just gonna kill us? Don't you think a triple homicide might drive even more of a wedge between you and that husband of yours? Or at least make you late for mass? Triple homicide? Nonsense. There's only been a suicide. And now there's gonna be two more. Tomorrow morning, they'll find your bodies close together, with a note saying you realized you couldn't go on committing such disgusting and iniquitous sin. Typed, of course. Lady, no one will buy that. Yeah, I'd never say iniquitous. Enough. Both of you, enough. No more talking. Your time has come. Wait. What? I uh, don't know. This is usually the point at which one of us comes busting in to rescue the other. Do you have any last words? A final prayer for your souls, perhaps? Um. Uh. Hey, F? Yeah? I love you. I love you, too. Hey, hold it right there, lady! Yeah, hold it right there, lady. We got your gun. No funny business. Yeah, no funny business. How about that, Harry? You was right. It was a cult you saw this dame tucking into her purse. Yeah, and you was right, too. It was a good idea to practice picking the locks on these hotel room doors. Hey, Miss Cassidy, is this the murderer? Did we solve the mystery? Is there a reward? <laughs> what time is it? Approximately too darn early o'clock. Why is the phone in this room ringing at approximately too darn early o'clock? I don't know. Answer it and find out. Why don't you answer it and find out? I'm not your secretary anymore. Anyhow, you're closer. <sighs> Hello? Jack, darling, is that you? 
Regrettably. Yes, Miss Dell. I just had to call you as soon as I saw the news. One of my dear friends who also stays at the Banff Springs every year telegraphed me last night to say what fun I was missing. She said that a murderer had just been arrested there. Is it true? I'm afraid it is. Oh, adventure just follows you wherever you go, doesn't it? I take it you and your dear Miss Trembinsky were responsible for the successful apprehension of the killer? Well, in a sort of way. How thrilling. The two of you simply must tell me every detail. Miss Dell, are you aware that it's seven o'clock in the morning? But on Christmas Day, my dear, why everyone wakes up early on Christmas Day. Not me. Another of your delightful eccentricities, I suppose. Or perhaps you are simply up too late hunting down villainy. Well, I will leave you to your well-deserved slumber, but do ring me back just the moment you're ready to regale me with your adventures. Toodaloo! You wouldn't think in such an expensive place that the floors would be so chilly in the morning. Well, come back in and get warm. Mmm, good morning. Good morning yourself. Effie? Yeah? I want to say something. You don't have to. Sure I do. That was our first real fight, and we can't always count on a crazed murderess holding us at gunpoint to help us patch things up. (laughs) Well, okay then, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's it? Do you need a speech? No, I don't need a speech. You just made it sound like you were about to make a speech. I'm sorry I was being a real palooka and not listening to my partner. How's that? Perfect. Because now I have a speech. Oh, you don't have to make a speech either. I know, but I'm going to. Because I've been an even bigger palooka. Nah. Yes! I was expecting you to be a certain way. And I... I guess I did have an idea of what a honeymoon sort of thing should be. But you were right. I do like solving murders. Even when it puts you in mortal peril? Especially when it puts me in mortal peril. Yeah, well, maybe you were right, too. Maybe Christmas ain't always so bad. Yeah? It ain't so good either, mind you. But when you're not pretending to be anyone or do anything, and you maybe just get to solve some crimes, and then... Lie around in a feather bed with a swell co-detective and order some breakfast on Primula Dell's dime. Well, I guess there's worse ways to spend the 25th of December. You know, technically we didn't solve this crime. Technically, I think the winning detectives this time around might have been Sid and Harry. Only because they happened to see Mrs. Aldridge slipping the gun into her evening bag before she came to find us. Still. Still. Not exactly a high point in either of our careers. (laughs) But definitely a high point in theirs. Apparently Mr. Steele is planning on giving them both promotions. Really? I heard him say so. For saving his hotel from further negative publicity. Hey, what are we going to do about Mr. Steele anyway? Should we mention his sticky fingers to the cops? Nah, he returned the earrings. And Sid and Harry can keep an eye on him if he tries any more funny business. Either that, or the three of them will team up to steal even more valuables from the guests. Also a definite possibility. Oh well, rich folks ain't taxed heavily enough anyhow. Did I hear you say something about breakfast a minute ago? Should we get griddle cakes? With maple syrup. Naturally. 
and bacon. Bacon and ham. Being held at gunpoint really takes it out of you. Hey, Effie? Yeah? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jack Cassidy. This episode of Hard Boiled featured the voices of Karis Backstrom as Jack Cassidy, Lauren Hughes as Effie Strambitsky and Selena Aldridge, Rory Turner as Premier Liddell, Slippery Sid, and Reynolds Steele, and Michael Vetch as Horseface Harry, Herbert Aldridge, Edwin Darby, and as always, your announcer. Hard Boiled is written and directed by Celia Taylor and edited and produced by Tegan Sagansky, with an original score and sound design by Dave Clark. Hard Boiled is presented in association with the Edmonton Pride Center, and this episode was sponsored by Cryptic Characters, Story City, and Parcel and Prose. Thank you for joining us for this extra special installment, and a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah from Hard Boiled. <laughs>